Thanks for listening to the Revival Today podcast with evangelist Jonathan Shuttlesworth. To stay connected, check us out on Instagram, Facebook, or online at revivaltoday.com. Now, here's evangelist Jonathan. Welcome to Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, as we conclude this two-week series that we've done on Bible prophecy. Today is 11 things. When you, when you redo the title for YouTube and the app, it's 11. When I sent you the title, I didn't know how many things there were going to be. But it's 11 things you must do knowing Christ is coming soon. I want you, if you have your Bible, to turn with me to 2 Peter chapter 3. Glad to have you with me. Hope you enjoyed these, these two weeks of messages. Today, as I was telling you yesterday, is a key one to listen to. Because if you're not careful, your knowledge of Bible prophecy causes you to live paralyzed in fear, which shows that you didn't under, get the, <laughs> the, the spirit of the word of God that was behind the prophecy because the Bible says now comfort and encourage each other with these words. End time Bible prophecy brings comfort and encouragement to a Christian. It, it would majorly unsettle you if you don't know the Lord. But if you know the Lord, it brings comfort and encouragement. Second Peter chapter 3, verse 1. This is my second letter to you, dear friends, and in both of them I've tried to stimulate your wholesome thinking and refresh your memory. I want you to understand what the Holy Prophet said long ago and what our Lord and Savior commanded through your apostles. Most importantly, I want to remind you that in the last days, scoffers will come, mocking the truth and following their own desires. They will say what happened to the promise that Jesus is coming again. From before the times of our ancestors, everything has remained exactly the same since the world was first created. They deliberately forget that God made the heavens long ago by the word of his command, and he brought the earth out from the water and surrounded it with water. Then he used the water to destroy the ancient world with a mighty flood. And by the same word, the present heavens and earth have been stored up for fire. They're being kept for the day of judgment when ungodly people will perish. But you must not forget this one thing, dear friends. A day is like a thousand years to the Lord, and a thousand years is like a day. The Lord isn't really being slow about his promise to return, as some people think. No, he's being patient for your sake. He does not want anyone to perish, so he's giving more time for everyone to repent. But the day of the Lord will come as unexpectedly as a thief. Then the heavens will pass away with a terrible noise. The very elements themselves will disappear in fire, and the earth and everything on it will be exposed to judgment. Since everything around us is going to melt away, what holy and godly lives you should be living looking forward to the day of God and hurrying it along. On that day, he will set the heavens on fire and the elements will melt away in the flames. But we are looking forward to the new heavens and new earth he has promised, a world where everyone is right with God. Second Peter three fourteen. So dear friends, while you're waiting for these things to happen, make every effort to be found living peaceful lives that are pure and holy in the sight of God. And remember, the Lord is waiting so that people have time to be saved. I want you to write that in the comments if you would to start things off. The Lord is waiting so that people have time to be saved. If you don't understand Bible prophecy, then what happens is 
uh, correctly, you become a fearful Christian, which I'm sure you have friends that are like that on, on Instagram and social media, always sharing stories about uh, new technology that's out and laws that are being passed that are going to cripple the church and make things uh, terrible for your life. The purpose of Bible prophecy is not to paralyze you with fright. It's to motivate you to action. So anytime you hear people learn about Bible prophecy and say, well, you know what? I'm, I'm probably not even going to have kids. I want to bring them into a world. They, they don't get it. It's to spring to action. It, it's, to, it's to be able to live your life on this earth knowing what the end game is and being able to make judgments accordingly. 11 things you must do knowing Christ is coming soon. I hope you're ready. These are all very important. Number one, turn to Malachi chapter 3. Did you notice how when COVID hit last year, Everybody's like, this is it, man. You know, the economy's going to crash, all that. And what was I saying right when it hit? The economy's going to take a quick hit and then, and then uh, rebound rapidly. Why? I knew it's not time for that until after the rapture. So if you have a proper understanding, it actually makes it where you can't get duped into fear. <clears throat> Malachi chapter 3, verse 16. Then the, those who feared the Lord spoke with each other, and the Lord listened to what they said. In his presence, a scroll of remembrance was written to record the names of those who feared him and always thought about the honor of his name. They will be my people, says the Lord of hosts. On the day when I act in judgment, they will be my own special treasure. I will spare them as a father spares an obedient child. Then you will again see the difference between the righteous and the wicked, between those who serve God and those who serve him not. I want you, if you would, in the comments and in your notes, under number one, to write the text of Malachi 3, 18. Then again, you will see the difference. There will be a visible difference between the righteous and the wicked, between those who serve God and those who serve him not. Somebody in the comments said it can't be long before every human has heard about the gospel. He's just around the corner. doesn't say every human has to hear the gospel before Jesus comes back. It says the gospel will be preached to all nations, which has already happened. There is no prophecy withholding the return of Christ, nor has there been since the early, mid, or late 80s, depending on what scholar you read. The text of Matthew 3.18 is number one. 11 things you must do knowing Christ is coming soon. Malachi 3.18. Then you will again see the difference between the righteous and the wicked, between those who serve God and those who serve him not. 4.1. The Lord of hosts says the day of judgment is coming, burning like a furnace. On that day, the arrogant and the wicked will be burned up like straw. They'll be consumed, roots, branches, and all. But for you who fear my name, the son of righteousness will rise with healing in his wings, and you will go free leaping with joy like calves led out to pasture. On the day when I act, you will tread upon the wicked as if they were dust under your feet. Then again, you will see the difference 
between the righteous and the wicked, between those who serve God and those who serve him not. 11 things you must do knowing Christ is coming soon. Number one, you must understand Malachi 3 and 4, that God promised in this last hour there will be a marked difference between those that serve God and those that don't serve him. We live in, I want you to write this down. I live in this world, but I'm not of this world. You must have a separation mentality, a blood covenant, blood of the lamb on my doorpost mentality in the last days. I live in this world, but what affects the people of this world is not permitted to affect me. I'll order my angels to protect you wherever you go. Though a thousand fall at your one side and 10,000 are falling all around you, these evils will not touch you. And that's why I'm leading off with this number one, because what was absent from the church during COVID? They think they're like everybody else. There's a virus going around and we're shutting church down because we don't want to. Have you ever read Psalm 91? Have you ever read, I give you authority over all the power of the devil and nothing shall by any means harm you? You will trample on serpents and scorpions and subdue them under your feet. Then the son of, in the day of judgment, the son of righteousness will rise with healing in his wings. I'm not, I look like everybody else. I'm not like everybody else. The blood of Jesus is over me. I have a provider, Jehovah Jireh, El Shaddai. I have a healer, Jehovah Rapha. I have the Lord my victory. While I live in this world, I play by a different set of rules. Exodus 3 through Exodus 12, the angel of death will pass through to kill the firstborn of every family, but when he sees the blood, he'll pass over you. A, pass, a Passover mentality. What touches this world is not permitted to touch me. My family is in covenant with God. I'm not like everybody else. That's the whole point of living a separated life. Not so you can just not have fun on your way to heaven. It's to not mix in with the world to receive what the world can't receive. What applies to other people doesn't apply to me. What was one of the things I got international recognition for last year? Shuttlesworth tells people that follow his ministry that they won't be affected by COVID. Yes, I did. Because the Bible says, I mean, I can't start teaching on healing. Exodus 23, if you put away the gods of this land and serve only me, I will take sickness and disease out of your midst. I don't care if nine viruses hit tomorrow that are all deadlier than COVID. It's not going to affect one thing I'm doing. I'm in covenant with God. And I did. I'm not preaching to you something I didn't do. Did I ever stop traveling? 
I was on planes when nobody was flying on planes. I laid hands on people when you weren't supposed to go near anybody. All the time, almost every night. But remember the key scripture in this ministry when we teach. The man that departs from the path of understanding shall abide in the congregation of the dead. What you don't know, you won't have. The Bible's loaded with healing scriptures. You'll never have the benefit of any one of them if you don't believe it and operate in it. I don't know, man. I don't have it. You know, if, if you don't have a separation mentality, you'll go down with everybody else because your heart will get filled with fear. Fear will come out of your mouth, and death and life are in the power of the tongue. Told my staff last year, none of you are going to lose your jobs, just so you know. We're not going to have a downturn in the and We had a record-setting year. We're going to blow that record away. I'm not going, I live in this world, I don't share the world's problems. I'm not concentrating on trying to pay my rent. I'm building a, a church, acquired five acres of property, cash. No loans, no banks. I'm on a different flow. I'm with God. I'm hooked up with Jesus. And so are you. Number one, understand a separation mentality. We'll keep the news on like whatever's happening to them is going to happen to you. Number two, an old saying amongst Pentecostals that a lot of people, you know, they didn't grow up in church and stuff, so I'll tell you. Live like Jesus, this is number two, live like Jesus is coming today. Plan like Jesus is never coming. Live like Christ is coming today. Plan like he's never coming. A righteous man leaves an inheritance to his children's children. I heard Pastor Enoch Adeboye in Nigeria say when they first had their revival that, that ballooned the redeemed Christian church of God, they had to sit down people and tell them, you need to go to school. You need to get a job. You need to, you know, live. They were just, well, let's just sit and sing and wait for Jesus to come. That's not what the Bible teaches you to do. If the purpose of Bible prophecy was to just, eh, who cares about this world anyway? I'm, I'm getting out of here. Then I wouldn't be building the church. I'm ad you advance. God never changes. The same God that told you to be fruitful and multiply still expects fruitfulness and multiplication more so in the last days. There's an acceleration of the anointing to do it. Let me find the scripture. Luke 19, 13. 
Actually, I'll, I'll probably start at verse 10. Luke 19, 10. King James. Luke 19.10, for the Son of Man is come to seek and to save that which was lost. And as they heard these things, he added and spake a parable, because he was nigh to Jerusalem, and because they thought that the kingdom of God should immediately appear. Jesus said, therefore, a certain nobleman went into a far country to receive for himself a kingdom and to return. So it's a, a certain nobleman, Jesus, went to a distant country to receive a, uh, for himself a kingdom and then to return. And he called his ten servants and delivered them ten pounds and said unto them, Occupy till I come. Write that down. Occupy till I come. Not dig a hole and wait for me to come. Occupy until I come. Dake has as his note, engage in business until I come. That's pretty good. Write that down if you would in the comments. Engage in business until I come. Live like he's coming today, plan like he's never coming. Number three, 11 things you must do knowing Jesus is coming soon. Refuse to adopt a defeatist worldview. And yeah, Bible said things would get worse. Here we are. You believe all the stuff that's going on out there, transgender education, and Biden's in now. He's going to cut the oil supply off. Refuse to adopt a defeatist worldview. There is not a slow seeding of the power of the church to the devil. We're in charge until we're gone. So act like it. Joe Biden doesn't dictate my future. The World Health Organization doesn't dictate my future. The United Nations, if they made it their goal to stop me, just me, nothing I'm doing would even slow down. No one has power to stop me. Because I'm hooked up with God. Whatever can't stop Christ, can't stop Christ in you. The evil in this world will never be greater than the Holy Ghost who lives in you. The devil is under my feet today. He'll be under my feet tomorrow. He'll be under my feet when I go to heaven. He's not getting more powerful in the last days. He's the same defeated schmuck that he was in 1810. Refuse to adopt a defeatist worldview. Your mind cannot be dwelling on what your enemy's doing. Did you hear they're going to pass laws? And um, I mean, you know, when Donald Trump lost the election, you'd have thought Jesus died. I prospered when Obama was in office. I prospered when uh, Trump was in office. I'm prospering with Biden in office. I'll prosper when whoever else is in office. I'm in a different kingdom.
Number three, refuse to adopt a defeatist worldview. If three of, every, of your every five social media posts are what the devil's doing and the Illuminati and globalist powers, you've lost it. You're not full of the Holy Ghost. You don't pray in tongues. You're not in the anointing. I've never one time spent time with God and prayed in tongues and came out of it like, man, we're, we're really in trouble. I've never prayed in tongues and got super confident of how great the governor was of my state to shut me down. When you're in the anointing, you're confident of who's for you, not who's against you. Refuse to adopt a defeatist worldview. Do you hear they're going to shut down the Keystone oil pipeline? Do you work in oil? No. Um, no. Then, then uh, chill. Do you hear they're going to make everybody get a vaccine passport? They were going to, but they're not now, are they? Because they don't have the power to do it or the intelligence, or the organization. Remember, the government that you're so worried about are the same people in charge of giving out driver's licenses. You don't have to be that, that concerned. Now, if you miss the rapture, you're in trouble. Number four. Joshua 24, 15. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. I can't control what goes on outside of my house, but I can control what goes on inside of my house. I said this in a past lesson. Many people get preoccupied with uh, what the government's doing and Joe Biden. It's almost like a, 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 a marijuana, a, a mental marijuana to escape from the fact that their marriage sucks and they've sucked raising their kids and they don't make any money. And their life's a wreck. So at, they go into this escape like a video game. Of, but, but you know what Biden's doing? It. Control your home. Do you want to fight against globalist powers? Build a strong marriage. Do you want to fight against what, what the Antichrist spirit wants? Raise your children in the fear and admonition of the Lord. The greatest way you can rebel against what the devil wants to do in the government is to build a strong marriage with strong, faith-filled children. The devil, everything the devil wants to do starts with breaking up the family. So make yours extra strong. Number four, so there'll be two under that, Joshua 24, 15. Invest in your spouse.
you're a wife, invest in your husband. Make Jesus number one and your husband 1A. Don't think about how he treats you. Think about how you treat him. I know that's not popular to say nowadays, but n nothing I say is so. Might as well stay consistent. And I'm sure there's a lot of women on the Internet that, if they get this clip, will disagree with me. But I have a way that works. I've been married 15 years. I don't have a cat and a TikTok account. Invest in your spouse. If you're a husband, it's Jesus one, your wife one A. Treat her like gold. Do you even know your wife's favorite restaurant? My wife mentioned that she wanted to start biking this spring. I have a bike being assembled right now at a place that will be ready for pickup later today or Saturday at the latest. She just mentioned it. I don't know if it's the best bike, but it's definitely the most expensive. You know why? Because I treat her like I would treat Jesus if he was living. If Jesus mentioned he'd like a bike, there'd be a bike there if I had to sell one of my kidneys. Jesus is in heaven, so it's easy to say how much you, I adore you. I would just love to pour out my alabaster box on your feet, oh Lord. Yeah, it's all talk. So you don't have him, but you do have a physical representation that you're to treat like you would treat God, your spouse. So treat him like that. You want to dump out your alabaster box on Jesus? In the meantime, dump one out on your spouse. Number five, invest in your children. Train your children in the fear and admonition of the Lord. Raise up a child in the way they should go, and when they grow old, they will not depart from it. Keep an eye on your children. You know how people start addressing the fact that their 15-year-old doesn't want to go to church anymore when they're 15 and don't want to go to church. It started when they were eight and you had them on their knees in the pew playing on an iPad. It started when, it, when they said everyone stand up for praise and worship and they stayed like this. The home is not a democracy. <laughs> the home has a leader. God didn't call Abraham, Sarah, and Isaac together and say, hey, listen, I'd like, Abraham, if you guys are all cool with it, I'd like you all to go up and sacrifice Isaac on top of the mountain. You can discuss it amongst yourselves. Abraham was in charge. God told Abraham, Abraham enforced it. You tell your child to stand up and lift their hands. You train them. Well, I, he doesn't really want to do that. He also doesn't really want to brush his teeth or wipe his rear end. You train them, especially with spiritual things. 
And, you, you know, as soon as you start watching them disconnect from God in the slightest, you deal with it then. You don't wait till it's a huge problem. And find out why they're disconnecting from God. Do you have them in a crap church with no anointing? Have you allowed your child to grow up in church and they're 13 and they've still never been baptized in the Holy Ghost and, and spoken in tongues? What are you doing? Well, I don't know where I would send them. Well, you should figure it out then. Take it seriously. Stop focusing on things you can't control and focus on the things God gave you in your domain. It matters. Turn to Genesis 18, 19 while I'm at it. Genesis 18, 17. Should I hide my plan from Abraham, the Lord asked? For Abraham will certainly become a great and mighty nation, and all the nations of the earth will be blessed through him. Listen to this, verse 19. I have singled him out. Why? Why did God single Abraham out? Because I know him that he will direct his sons and their families to keep the way of the Lord by doing what is just and right. I believe the King James says he will command his family to keep the way of the Lord. I'm not talking about being a tyrant. If you're doing it right, my dad never had to force me to go to church. My dad never had to say, um, no, you're not allowed to go to your hockey game. It's on a church night. And I said, uh, no, I don't. No, I, I never asked. I knew. I'm a full-time Christian and a part-time everything else. My boss said I have to work Sundays. I don't think you know what being a Christian is. Nobody, nobody's going to let me or not let me go to... My life is not in the hands of my boss or the president. My life is in my hands, and I choose to serve the Lord, and everybody else can kiss off. You want to try to take me out of fellowship with God? <laughs> <laughs> that ship sailed a long time ago. That's a that's cool, Jamie. I didn't I didn't know that. He had good parents. He will command his children, thanks Sarah. I have known him that he may command his children and his household after him that they will keep the way of the Lord to do righteousness and justice that the Lord may bring to Abraham, Abraham what he has spoken to him. Part of the reason God set Abraham out apart to be blessed is he said, I know him that he'll command his children and his family and their families to keep the way of the Lord. That matters to God. Lot went to Sodom. Abraham built an altar. Abraham was a God man, God first, God only. God in the morning, God in the afternoon, God at night. And then you role model that for your children. Let me just tell you, I'm no expert in parenting, but you cannot have your children in the world all week and then stay connected to God. 
Ye have received the spirit of, the, of Christ, not the spirit of the world. There's a spirit in the world. If you have them in public school, 40 hours, dance team, travel cheering, just carousing. <laughs> the Bible thought you, their life is just flippant world stuff, and then you take them to church twice a month when you can get work off. They're going to go to hell. It's not, it's not like hopefully things will work out. They will go to hell. You're raising them in the world, and then you take them to a, a church a little bit. They're going to they're gonna be world people, not church people, not Christians. I wish I would have known that earlier. Well, you didn't, now you do, so, so make the adjustments. There is a way. See, ministers don't deal with this because there's so many people with backslidden children I'm sure it, it makes them, you know, if they're weak emotionally, then they feel bad. But you cannot hide this truth from a new generation of upcoming parents or people who are going to be parents that you actually can command your children to serve the Lord. I mean, command your house in such a way that people know if they live there, they're going to serve the Lord. I wish you could have grown up with Tiff and Judy Shuttlesworth, my two parents. It would have been impossible for you not to serve the Lord. You, you couldn't do it. So I'm not saying to, to, to condemn you. Obviously, my comments aren't geared to people that are 57 years old that have two children in their 30s. I'm talking about now people. Don't send them to concerts and stuff. I'm, I'm, I know I'm sounding like a 90-year-old man. I, I don't care. Don't send them to places where they get a love for the things of the world. What do they listen to? What do they have in their earbuds walking around? Find out. And I'll, I'll tell you another thing. If you treat your child right, they actually don't want to displease you. They love you. Camila's devastated if she thinks we don't approve of, uh, if she gets the feeling we don't approve, she, she, it jars her. Keep their spirits tender. Pray with them at night before you send them to bed. Don't have a house where everybody's in their own corner of the house. Invest in your spouse. Invest in your children. That's not barking orders that they're to be a Christian. I'm going to take Camila somewhere to eat. You know, she gets out of school, we're going somewhere. We're going to go away several times this summer. She's going to be on the road with me preaching with Adalas. I have fun things planned in certain places where we're going to preach, that during the day she's going to have a great time with me. She won't want to hurt me. It'll matter to her what I think of her boyfriend. 
There's a way to do it. I won't even have to say anything. She, she could show me this guy she likes, and I could make one facial expression, and she'll, she won't pursue it. That's how, that's how my parents, there's a way to do it. Love them. So love, reap love. Dr. Mike, you only have to tell me once. I, I am coming. Planned it this week. Invest in your children. That was number five. Number six. Somebody put the text of Matthew 6.33 in the comments. Matthew 6.33. Seek ye first the advancing of the kingdom of God, the advancement of the kingdom of God. And when you do, nice to have you from Malaysia, all the other things will be added unto you. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and when you do, all the other things will be added unto you. Thanks, Christopher. Thanks, Sarah. Tie your life to advancing God's kingdom. Not church attendance. Tie your life to advancing God's kingdom. If I ask your pastor about you, does he even know who you are? Or you just show up, sit two-thirds of the way in the back, and leave when it's over? What are you doing on a weekly basis that's tied into advancing God's kingdom? Going to church is not serving God. Going to church is God serving you. Other people have worked and studied and prepared to minister to you. What of your life is tied to advancing God's kingdom? Because Matthew 6.33 is the golden scripture of the New Testament. As I advance God's kingdom, all the other things that other people are dying trying to get, he will add them unto me. A man that's tied in with the advancing of God's kingdom can't sink. You tie yourself to God's kingdom, it's an unsinkable kingdom. You can't be sunk. Your finances can't be sunk. Your health. Billy Graham gave his whole life to advancing the kingdom of God by winning souls. He couldn't die. Can you get me that Dag Haywood Mills clip? Jay, you might know where it is better than them. The one where he talks about evangelism. I like that, Shanette. You know the clip I mean, right? Yeah. I want you to feel... I like that. Colton Lane wrote, uh, because I've set my affection on the house of the Lord. That was David's secret. They cared about God's kingdom. It used to bother me when I was in my early 20s that we all had to take a collection to fix the roof of the church and it took eight years and we had to get a loan. It's not right. We Be a kingdom man. Have your business tied in. Watch how God blesses it. I mean tied in. I mean, like I'm going to give you an example. There's a stock that I'm invested in. They had their earnings report yesterday. Their earnings report was live streamed. They opened it up for questions. 
People like me that owned a few shares were not the people that called in. The people that were heavily invested, the CEO knew them. Hi, hello, thank you. You know, you can't call in. Hello, I own six shares of your company. I just want to know, what are your plans for the fall? It's a joke. How heavily in God's kingdom are you? You know, like, like you say, I'm not just talking giving. Money. Last night, we did a one-hour worldwide television special. We had over 2,700 people calling for prayer. Among the people who got saved, one was a Hindu lady from India. Never, never heard about Jesus and all that. We had 91 people volunteer to answer phones. Took time out of their busy lives and schedules to pray with people. And they wrote me one after another on Instagram after the show was over. That was the most rewarding thing I've ever done. I'm still teary-eyed from being able to pray with them. Yeah, you think you're giving something up for the kingdom. But whoever gives up their life for my sake and the sake of my kingdom and the sake of the gospel will find true life. You never truly give up anything for God. It comes back. But you'll be surprised. You think that people will go away. You think that people, people hate this kind of... But you actually find treasure when you start looking for the lost. The church becomes richer, more blessed. It's a mystery. When you, when you search for the lost, you give yourself to evangelism. You give yourself to the work of the Lord. You'll be surprised that it rather turns you out to prosper far more than if you spoke a hundred times on prosperity. That's what I have found in my life and my ministry. And I want to tell everyone here, if you support evangelism, if you yourself evangelize and you give yourself to help to save the lost, that will bring the greatest blessing on your life than any other thing you could ever do. Because that's the heart of Jesus. That's the inside of God. He said, God so loved the world so much. Have you ever wondered why the evangelists are still alive? They don't seem to be able to die. Look at Oral Roberts. He can't die. Look at Billy Graham. They just can't die. Look at T.L. Osborne. I mean, they just live and live and live. Everybody is dying. And they just live. Have you ever thought of the blessing? How, Bible says, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the good news and the gospel of Jesus Christ. It is the, it is the highest thing anyone can ever do for someone to rise up and give himself to win the lost and win people to God and give his life to win souls. That is when Paul said, my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches because you helped me to win those souls. Think about it. Think about it. One, two, three, four, five, six. Six, tie your life to advancing God's kingdom. I know what's going on in most of the world when it comes to the church. In a nation, you could throw a nation out. I know who the pastor with the biggest church is. I know who the top, the top men in the kingdom of worldwide. I care. You know, I'll play a clip like that, and I'll have ministers say to me, who is that guy? Oh, it's nobody, just the, the top evangelist in the world. 
you know. But you know who you know who your football team drafted yesterday. You know about what you care about. I haven't made any effort to know who great men of God are. I care about the kingdom, so I happen to find out about who my team's drafted. Number seven, tie your money into advancing God's kingdom. The tithe and the offering shield you from the economic horrors that will come on the earth. Famine, financial holocaust that's going to come on the earth. Tie your money into advancing God's kingdom. I will rebuke the devourer for your sake, if you do. So all of the, why, why is this important for the last days? Because there's going to be a devourer that comes after people's money, like there was last year, and God said one of the benefits of returning to him in the tithe and the offering is I, not you'll have to, I'll rebuke the devourer for your sake. Your crops will be abundant. There's a shield that comes around the provision of the child of God and the, the windows of heaven come open. The United Nations doesn't control the windows of heaven. The World Economic Forum doesn't control the windows of heaven. We had a company send us this week, and I'm not going to say from where or which company because <laughs> they didn't ask for it to be publicized. Never met them. $50,000 check from that business for the advancement of God's kingdom. I've never met the man. That's one of many five and six figure checks that have come in the last few months. So I'm not saying this to lecture you. I'm talking to people that tie their money in with that. You've done it, keep doing it. The more, I mean, men, anybody else by show of emoji hand can testify that because you've tied your money in with God's kingdom, last year, you just basically had to keep your mouth shut when everybody was complaining and, man, I, probably not the right time or the place to tell everything the Lord's doing in my life right now. Just say, I'll keep you in prayer. And I see the people typing. I, I read your testimonies all last year. They fired a bunch of people at your job, but then called you in and told you you're getting a 20% raise. They reduced everybody's pay by 40% during COVID, and the, but they called you in and told you they're giving you a raise. It's a real, you know, these things aren't like, <laughs> this is not a book of good ideas. This is a book of laws. They don't fail. The man who builds his life on my word is like a wise man that builds his house on the rock. The wind blows and the waves crash, but the house cannot be destroyed. Money from everywhere. Return to me in the tithe and the offering, and if you do, 
See if I won't pour out a blessing that's so great, the only problem you'll ever have is having enough, time, uh, 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 enough room to take it all in. Look at all the great testimonies in the comments. It, it's, it's real. The only people that, you ever notice, the only people that doubt tithing and offering are people who don't give tithes and offerings. You never meet people that do it. That da- you couldn't, you couldn't get me off of that for anything. It's my secret. It helps me. I'm not helping God. You think God needs my, my donations. He's having a rough time up in heaven. He's the one that said in the book of Psalms, if I was hungry, would I ask you for food? He doesn't need me. He's done fine for a long time without me. I need him. God needs nothing from me. I need everything from him. Tie your money into God's kingdom. We had the most money in the bank we ever had a few weeks ago, and then a dollar sold $100,000 of our money, and now we don't have the most money we've ever had. But I'm excited to see what's going to happen in the future. (laughs) You know what I mean? I felt to sow 100000 from our ministry to another ministry. And she, she met me in Texas and said the Lord was dealing with her this is the same day to sow $100,000 of our money to another. I thought, yeah, that's a lot of money. But it's going to cut it boomerangs back. It's fun. It's fun to be insane. Rachel said, how do you tithe off of an hourly position? It's a different pay bi-weekly. Give the 10% at the end of the month? Yeah, I think that's a good way to do it. You know, it's not like the second the dollar hits your hand, the Lord's like, you got 10 seconds to drop that 10 cents or I'm going to shoot you in the head. I've held my tithe for two or three weeks from the ministry before, before I sent it to another ministry, just so I could drop a huge amount on somebody before. So it's, it's your heart, you know, and the, obviously you're not, not going to hold it. I'm not talking about holding it for like two and a half years. Or I'm saying if you want to wait till the end of the month, that's fine. I wouldn't do it past that. And that's for an hourly position. Tithing up front is the easiest way to do things because then you never get put in a position like I would be in when I was 23 of either tithing or having the heat stay on in your house. If you do it up front, then, then it takes the decision out of your hands. No, that wasn't my tithe. That $100,000 we saw, that was far from my tithe. That wasn't 10%. That was like 91%. I mean, you hear people arguing about 10%. You're listening to somebody with a small brain. They can't even get, get to 10%. I'm talking tithe, offering, sacrificial giving, first fruits. That's why I'm not, I didn't say start tithing and giving offering. I said tie your money into the advancement of God's kingdom. I'm talking 
I'm in that investment. You know, there's like people right now that are 19 and 20 that are invested in Wall Street bets, stocks. They're not investing. You know, they tell you don't invest money that you can't afford to lose. They're investing money that if they lose it, they're finished. They're invested everything they have in it because they, they have a good feeling about that stock going to the moon. I'm invested in something that can't fail. God doesn't do a quarterly earnings report. Say, hey, listen, uh, we actually kind of had some things uh, fall, fall apart that we uh, were looking to rebound from in this quarter. No, the guy, he, he, he never fails. That's an awesome testimony, Carmina. I started tithing at 23 years old and bought a house at 27 years old one month before my wedding. Tithing brings blessings. It's what it says in the Bible. I don't know how that ever got to be controversial. These people t tell you that if you give to God, he'll give you money back. Yeah, because he said it word for word. Tie your money into advancing God's kingdom. And I will tell you that, and this is not some statement I'm making to put it in your head to, to give to me. I didn't, that's why I'm saying tie, tie your money into advancing God's kingdom, not give, give to wherever. Pay attention to what altar you put your sacrifice on. I don't give to maintenance projects. Our church has a... Uh, very few people and how old is it six months no we're about about 60 years old and you know we've had a lot of people leave and um, our roof is caving in yeah good it should sometimes God gives you little signs that he doesn't like the job you're doing when's the last time you had a new convert baptized in that church Ooh, I, it's been oh I don't maybe more than 10 years well it makes sense why God's happy to see your roof have holes in it you don't, you don't give sentimentally or, you know. My grandfather actually used to pastor this church. Yeah, he's gone now, and there's a new guy in there that doesn't give two poos about souls, so who cares? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Tie your money into advancing God's kingdom. Number eight, win souls. The Lord is waiting so that people have time to be saved. The, the same strength that I just talked to you, get the Penn State clip if you would, ready. The same strength that I just talked to you about giving money, it's, a, it's the same secret. Go after souls. I just spent a lot of money last night to go on TV for one hour. There was no offering taken on my program. It was just to win souls. Um, what I'm going to play you right now. I, didn't, I hardly had any money back then. This is an outreach at Penn State University. All I want you to see how different it is. Preaching to a thousand freshmen at Penn State University that think I'm nuts. I could show you other pictures. Uh, 
UMass Amherst, another secular school, started with, went there and did a weekend meeting, started with 17 students, grew it to 30, and then finished the final day with 45. But they're all new, new people, you know, that had never heard. Go after souls. I got paid nothing doing that on earth. But the one I'm working for refuses to not pay you for services rendered which is laying the fruit of the earth, the precious fruit of the earth that he paid for with his son's blood at his feet. You deliver him those souls, the laborer doth receive good wages. Watch this at Penn State. That's the happiest anybody's ever been to see me, so thank you. Thank you. I appreciate you sticking around up until now. This is going to be the best part of your night. And if you listen, it's going to be something that will impact your life for the rest of your life. And how many of you are freshmen just starting out right now? What an awesome time to allow God to do something in your life tonight that will make sure that everything works out the way God wants it to. And I want to see that happen. You know, this is a little bit of a different party. Penn State. Most places that you go, most places that you go to party, you wake up in the morning and wonder what you did. The only difference on this one is we want you to lay your head to the pillow at night tonight and know that you have peace with God and that your sins are forgiven. This isn't about religious fanaticism. Jesus didn't die for religious fanatics. John 3.16 says, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him will not perish but will have everlasting life. Jesus said in Matthew 7, broad is the way that leads to destruction but straight is the gate and narrow is the way that leads to everlasting life. We know the easy thing to do is stay with the crowd or mock or say that's a bunch of foolishness. But it takes courage and conviction to not bank your life and bank your eternal soul against the Word of God that's always proved true. But to say, I'm going to make up my mind. You can't speak for the whole group. You can only speak for you. You can make up your mind tonight and say, as for me and my life, I'm not going to go to hell. I'm going to make Jesus Christ my Lord and Savior. If you say, Jonathan, that's me. I don't know that I'm saved or I know that I'm not saved. But tonight I want to give my life to the Lord Jesus Christ. If that's you, I want you to put your hand up high and wave it at me right now. And we're going to pray. God bless you. Keep it up in the air. God bless you. Look all over this place. Wonderful. Praise the Lord God. Hallelujah. Go ahead and clap as they lift their hands. You made my night. 
I start preaching in Ohio in the morning, so I have to leave right after this. But this, I'm going to drive back with a big smile on my face because I know God's going to do a great work right now. This is what I want, only because this isn't my way of doing things. This is God's way of doing things. He said, if you confess me before men. So August 30th, 2014, for the rest of your life will be the day where when you lay your head to the pillow, you can say, I know I'm saved. Because on the intramural field, I came out of the crowd and like Jesus said, I confessed him publicly. I want every person that lifted a hand that meant business with God. I want you to come around this barrier and meet me right in front of the speakers and we're going to pray together. I won't hold you long. I'm not going to do anything strange. But I want you to come out of the crowd and join me right here in Jesus' name. Go ahead, clap for them as they come. Keep clapping. The hands that clap for souls will never be empty. Come right around the barrier and meet me right here. Welcome. Stand right here. We're going to pray. Keep coming. God bless every one of you. I'm so proud of you. I'm so happy for you. This is not a game. This is real. This is not some religious thing. This is when God reaches down from heaven and changes your heart. I only do this, not so this turns into some religious recital. Some people have never prayed. So I'm going to give you the words to say. And I want you to say them from the bottom of your heart. Come on, say it out loud. Dear Heavenly Father, I've come forward tonight to show you that I'm, I mean business with you. I'm sorry for my sins. Please forgive me. Have mercy on me. I need your help. I'm not like everybody else. So I don't want to live like everybody else. I want to live for you. I want to fulfill the destiny you have for me. In Jesus' name. Now say this. I believe in my heart. You raised Jesus from the dead. I confess with my mouth. Jesus is Lord and my Savior. Come into my heart, Lord Jesus. Make me like you. Give me a new heart. Cleanse my mind. Make me new. In Jesus' name. I am saved. I am a Christian. God is my Father. Heaven is my home. And I'll live forever. And I will not turn back. In Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. One more time, give a great hand clap to Jesus Christ, the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. I love you. God bless every one of you. So what's that number eight? Win souls. That's what I mean. That's soul winning there. That's not a Christian crowd. You know, that's going after the lost. The laborer is paid good wages. It, it helps you. Number nine, learn to enjoy the shame and reproach of the world. Learn to enjoy the reproach of the world. Learn to enjoy the fact that as they hated Christ, they hate you too. 
I'm not talking about going out of your way to be a jerk. Churches didn't shut down because they were afraid of a virus. Churches shut down because they were afraid of losing their high Facebook rating. Mean comments. Our city commissioner called us and told us he, we're really making life difficult for him. The modern Western Christian has no ability to deal with shame and reproach from the world. They think it's an, an, a mark of honor for the world to like you. But it's actually a mark of honor to bear the shame and reproach of the world as a follower of Christ. I bear on my body the marks that prove I belong to Jesus Christ. That's what Paul said. I have actual physical wounds that people gave me as proof that I'm anointed. Acts chapter 7, and Stephen was going to preach, but then he heard that many of the people were angry and were going to pick up rocks, so he said, now's probably not the best time. There's a time and a place. We need to use wisdom. Now he preached, they ground their teeth, and started launching stones at him. And Jesus stood up and received him into heaven. Somebody wrote, and it's true what they're writing. If everyone on here on this feed would go out and tell everyone you know that Jesus is the only way, so many could be one to Christ. That's true, but no one's going to do it. So you do it. You know, you basically have to treat things like if I don't do it, nobody's going to do it because people aren't going to do it. And then God will start using you like you're, like you're a, a good and faithful servant that he can entrust with the care of his house. That's why there's, there's some soil that produces a hundredfold return. I'm, I'm that soil. You, you can be that soil. I make up for the ones that reject the seed or let the cares of this world choke out the seed. Learn to enjoy the shame and reproach of this world. You know, there's a, there's a um, nonprofit group that basically mocks preachers. They have a big following. They used to feature me all the time. They never feature me anymore. You know why? I think they don't know what to do with somebody like me that thinks it's funny, that doesn't say, people, people say that I, I'd say this with the truth. No, I don't. I'm happy. I'm happy that a group that hates preachers doesn't like me. I'd wonder what I was preaching if you did like me. Learn to enjoy, not learn to deal with, learn to enjoy the shame and reproach of this world. Number 10. Don't be lulled to sleep by this world. 
We dealt with it yesterday. Where was it? Luke chapter 22? 21, sorry. I think it's the end of Luke 21. Luke 21, 34. Watch out. Don't let your hearts be dulled by carousing and drunkenness and by the worries of this life. So look at that. Not just carousing and drunkenness, but by the worries of this life. Don't let that day catch you unaware. Like a trap, for that day will come upon everyone living on the earth. Keep alert at all times and pray that you may, might be strong enough or counted worthy to escape these coming horrors and stand before the Son of Man. Drunkenness, carousing, and the worries of this life. So the worries of this life have the same effect of lulling you to sleep spiritually or making your spirit cold and indifferent as drugs and alcohol and partying. That's what I've seen. There might be more people that don't go to church anymore or have a lukewarm relationship with God, not because they fell into drugs. You know, I, um, we started a business, and um, Sundays are like, you know, I, I have to be at the sales meeting on Saturday night, and there's no way for me to get back to church by Sunday morning. And the worries of this life, the cares of this world. Why? Because you've got a mortgage that needs you. You've built your life the way they teach you in America. You don't, you, don't own what, you don't own anything. You don't buy what you can afford. You buy what you can afford the payments on with the help of credit cards. You're maxed out, so debt, you become a slave to debt, and God goes on the back burner. Ah, you know, I got a kid starting college. and uh, yeah, you, you've, you've organized your life improperly. The cares of this world... Don't be dulled by the cares of this world. Don't let your fire go out because of the cares of this world. The desire for nice things, Jesus said in another place. Don't be lulled to sleep. Don't allow your spirit to become lazy and cold and indifferent. Keep an eye on it. Every night before you go to sleep, you're going to sleep after that 24-hour period, either having pulled closer to God or fallen back. There is no neutral. Keep an eye on your life. Paul did. I keep uh, 1 Corinthians 9, 24 to 27. I keep a close watch on myself, what I teach, and how I live, lest after preaching to others, I myself become a castaway. And number 11, knowing all these things are going to melt away, what holy, godly lives we should be living. Looking forward to the day of God and hurrying it along. Number 11, don't be lulled into sin. Live holy. You can't take women out to eat you're not married to. That's how affairs start. I'm, so I'm not talking about, you know, once you're, I'm talking about the beginnings of it. Keep a watch on yourself. 
Where are you spending time? Who are you spending time with? What are you listening to? Who are you listening to? What new people have you allowed in your life that pull you away from God? That's how Adam and Eve lost the garden, the introduction of a third character, the serpent that started speaking and unbelief and doubt about what God said. Yeah, I don't think you have to tithe, you know. Marijuana is just a plant. God said every green thing. Watch new people that come into your life. Are they people sent from God to strengthen you? Are they people sent from the devil to lull you into sin? Who are you texting? Who do you message? Keep an eye on your life every day. Don't fall in love with the forgiveness side of God like they teach you in Western church. I mean, no, no matter what we do, God forgives. That's a good life philosophy to go to hell. Man, you, you go through life with that as your motto. You'll probably end up in hell. I mean, you know, whatever we do, we all go to hell. I mean, we all, God will forgive us. Do we use God's grace as a license for sin? Of course not, the Bible says. I preach to people like they're at Penn State. If I'm talking to a crowd of sinners, I'll tell them, God will forgive whatever you've done. Come back to them. But that's not my life motto. Well, whatever I do today, God will forgive me. How many know murder? You know, people, well, how many know drunkenness isn't the unpardonable sin? Amen. Yeah, neither is murder. But I've made up my mind I'm going to not kill anyone today. You start adopting these Western mottos, you will go to hell. I mean, you know, we all, we all sin this week, we'll sin today, we'll sin next week, but God forgives. That's a great motto to go to hell. Neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. Go and sin no more. John 8, John 5, now you are better, so stop sinning, lest a worse thing come upon you. God told someone to go and sin no more, and he told another person to stop sinning. Stop, not sin less, stop. Knock it out of your life, and knock out anybody you're listening to, that has put a teaching in you to accept sin. I would treat any, any pastor, Bible teacher, or preacher that makes soft comments towards sin, I would treat them like cancer. You know, when we're... How many know when we're 17, 18, and 19, you know, you get into trouble with some girls. That's just part of life. No, it's not part of life. You have a problem. Don't, don't, don't preach your sin into other people. There was a preacher a few years back 
I think he still doesn't like me. But he posted on Instagram, I sin, you sin, we all sin. And I wrote back in the comments, how can someone with any knowledge of the Bible post something so stupid? To which he private messaged me, bro, why did you write that on my Instagram? I, that's my personal Instagram. I can write whatever I want. I, I wrote back, you involved me. If you wanted to write, I sin, then that, you write whatever you want. But you wrote, you sin. That's me. So I have something to say. Don't involve me if you don't want a response. That's a, that's a full gospel minister. I sin, you sin, we all sin. He's on his second marriage. Now, he's, he's a train wreck. He looks like a train wreck, a human train wreck. Don't fall in love with the forgiveness side of God. Fall in love with the holiness side of God. David was a man after God's own heart. How did he pray? Lord, keep me from sin. Keep me from deliberate sin. David prayed about his heart, that it wouldn't, nothing unclean would ever enter into it, and that his heart would be found pure before the Lord. It's a, it's a good verse, uh, Joey. Paul told you to avoid people like that. They corrupt your spirit. I'm going to order a beer. You want a beer? No, I'm, I'm good. Oh, come on. You ever heard of grace? You still don't drink? Man, you're going, to be, you're going to love it when you turn to the New Testament and find out we're under grace. I'm sure as soon as God gave Paul the revelation on grace, headed out to a bar, bumped a couple lines of coke, started doing body shots off a middle-aged uh, hoe, I'm sure that's what the revelation of grace was for. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Who can appear before the Lord on his mountain? Only those with pure hands and a clean heart. Holiness is the master key. Not just to make in heaven, to your breakthrough Financial blessing. Number 11. This world is a wicked place getting more wicked by the hour. Don't join them. Kept you over time, but let me, let me read one more scripture and I'll leave you alone the whole weekend other than check the news. Psalm 1. Oh, the joys of those who don't follow the advice of sinners or stand around uh, the advice of the wicked or stand around with sinners or sit with mockers. 
I want you to write this down. According to the Bible, where I stand matters. Where I sit matters. Where I go matters. There's places I don't belong. Write that down too. There's places I do not belong. Go through all my Instagram posts and stories and see if you ever find me at a... I don't even know any modern music people. <laughs> I feel so old. I'm trying to think of what I got. Nothing. Empty tank. Some concert. I'm not, I'm not one of them. I don't belong there. They're all welcome to come hear me preach. I want them to get saved. I'm not going to go there. That, Cardi B is not my psalmist. Taylor Swift is not my worship leader. I'm a God man. God in the morning. God in the afternoon. God at night. And you would be hard-pressed. What about those groups that study the Bible with drinking wine? I don't know anything about them other than they're run by stupid people. And having said all that, you would be hard-pressed to have more fun in life than I have. It's not divorcing yourself from fun. It's divorcing yourself from sin. And sin doesn't bring fun anyway. I like what, uh, I like what Jesse Duplantis said when I met him. Because he had money when he wasn't serving the Lord. He said, money will make you comfortable while you're miserable. People in the world aren't having fun. In and out of marriages, fighting in the home, chasing the one celebrity, chasing her celebrity husband on Thanksgiving around the yard with a golf club and busted his knee. You can have that. Do you think when the husband was laying in the yard with his broken, busted knee because his wife caught him cheating, he was laying there in excruciating pain going, man, what beautiful landscaping in this yard. Sin sucks. My father used to who's much more eloquent than me, would say, sin will cost you more than you mean to pay. Sin will keep you longer than you want to stay. Sin will take you where you don't want to go. Lose the fascination with sin. It's an illusion that ends in death. The pleasure phase of sin wears off very quickly. Pass in, get it under the blood, and then make up your mind, I'm not carrying it into a lifestyle. Get out of a church where they preach from the pulpit, we all have weaknesses. 
Oh, do we? What scripture is that? You brain-dead, reprobate. There are places I don't belong. If you need to get something under the blood today, or if you've never given your life to Jesus Christ, let's do that right now. Pray this out loud. Get your life squared away with God. Who can ascend into the mountain of the Most High God? Only those with clean hands and a pure heart. You can't clean your own hands and you can't purify your own heart but there is a fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's veins and sinners who plunge beneath that flood lose all their guilty stains say this out loud Heavenly Father I admit that I've sinned I repent I believe in my heart you raised Jesus from the dead I confess with my mouth, Jesus is Lord and my Savior. Right now, I receive forgiveness. By the blood of Jesus, I am saved. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer, let me know in the comments. Right, I did. I want to see who I prayed with. And then secondly, go to RevivalToday.com and click I Just Got Saved. Fill that out completely. I will send you a Bible and more things I produced to help people live the Christian life. Who prayed with me? Awesome, Rosemary. Awesome, Sven. Awesome, Leah. Makes me happy. That's a great scripture. Psalm 37, 37. Mark the blameless man and observe the upright, for the future of that man is peace. Man, I'm happy today. Praise the Lord. Awesome, Nick. Now you're ready. Stay ready. We're starting a Holy Ghost church in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania in October. Here's the video, and they're going to give you the ways you can give on the bottom. I'm believing... When I give you the opportunity to give today, I really want you, even those of you that are watching the replay later on, to pray about sowing a large seed. What's large? It's different for everybody. A business owner locally here that I've never met just sent 50000 in. 
You know, when we ran that one-hour special, we had 2,700 phone calls. You know what our old record was? 260. Just under 2,800 people called for prayer worldwide. I would like to do that often. Not everyone can do 50,000, but many can. Many can do 20. K. Can't do 20? Don't beat yourself up. 10K. 5K. $1,000. I'm, I'm believing for many people to do that. Here's the uh, gifts I'm going to send you. If you do 1,000 or more, I'm going to send you our new Kingdom Builders Bible. And then if you do 5,000 or more to say thank you, along with that Bible that has pictures of our 20 years in evangelism in it, how much longer till that's ready? No, no, the Bible. God bless you, Kofi. And then if you do 5,000 or more, I'm going to send you over two terabytes of my preaching. That's a lot of preaching. On a, on a hard drive with a USB port so you can listen to it in your car. As a way to say thank you. Obviously, God blesses you back according to his word. Much more than that. But that's just to let you know I don't take it for granted. They're going to put the ways to give on the bottom of the screen while you watch uh, the, the church that we're building. And I'll have an update for you on that in another month or so. They're still doing the permitting and architects and all that stuff. Thank you for your giving today. Bible will be ready in six weeks. It's custom made. Thank you for giving. I love you. I'll see you on Check the News tonight at 11 o'clock. Evangelist, where do I purchase your books in South Africa? Hmm. Amazon in South Africa or no Amazon in South Africa? Go to RevivalToday.com and send an email. I'm sure we've had people. I, I've seen people with my book in South Africa. They'll be able to help you. RevivalToday.com. You can email them. Info at RevivalToday.com. Thank you for your giving today. I love you. I hope you've enjoyed this study. It'll be available as a book. Amazon is in South Africa. You can get it on Amazon. Welcome to Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, as Adalis and I are here to announce our next big move, biggest move we've ever made for Revival Today. Behind me is a building that will look nothing like it looks right now when we finish. We're on just under five acres of property that we've just finished purchasing, which is going to give us the ability to have a state-of-the-art studio. And in that studio, something I've wanted to have for a long time, which is a live studio audience. It's gonna be a 500 seat building when we finish with it that'll give us the ability to touch the world with our broadcast. This facility is gonna give me the ability to do what I've really missed, which is having you in the audience to minister to personally. 
Obviously, you can't beat the reach of digital media. We touch the whole world every day, but we have the ability now with this to lay hands on people, pray for people that are sick, a place where you can bring people that are drug addicted, demonized, and really give them the ministry that you can't get on YouTube and Facebook. I can't wait. And then beyond that, we're going to announce the launch of Revival Today Church. We're going to hold Holy Ghost Church services every Sunday morning. I'll be there most Sunday mornings. This isn't gonna be like some little side project. We're going to give you and your family a place you can go that's a soul winning church that values the presence of God, where you can get prayed for and ministered to, where there's not a critical race theory lecture or a mass and social distancing 10 minutes of no talking to anybody in the lobby. None of that. We're going to have a place where you're free and where you're free to experience the presence of God. I'm incredibly excited because I know a lot of you have been asking about different meetings and events that we couldn't have during COVID and trust me, we tried so hard. So this really frees us up to do everything that we want to do with healing meetings and women's conferences. So I am so looking forward to seeing you and having you be a part of this. So I wanna give you a two-fold call to action. Number one, if your church turned in, to a liberal nightmare in 2020 and you need a place to go. I would be happy to have you at our church. Number two, if you are a partner or a friend of our ministry, Revival Today, this is the biggest move by far we've ever made. By the time we finish remodeling that building, the acquiring of the property, you're looking at a couple of M's. So if you, uh, if you would stand with us now, I'll say thank you ahead of time. Pray and ask the Holy Ghost what he would have you to do. You've been so generous, and I thank you ahead of time for your extreme generosity. I know I speak on behalf of my wife, everybody here at Revival Today, when I say we love you very much, and now I can say I look forward to seeing you face to face here at the new home of Revival Today. Hey. Hey, this is Jonathan Shuttlesworth. I want to thank you for listening to my podcast, or if you're listening to my wife's. Thank you on her behalf. If you want to be more than just a casual listener and stand with us as we take the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ to our generation, go to RevivalToday.com and click Give Now and be a part of the 1,000 monthly partners that we're believing for. I have a special gift that I'll send to you today, and I'll say thank you in advance. Until next time, thanks for listening. See you later.